Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, January 9th, 2006. This is your host, Michael Lozan, and on behalf of my partner, Mark Horstman, and myself, welcome to Manager Tools. Manager Tools is a weekly podcast on management and what specific actions you can take to improve your management skills each and every day. Today, we complete our series on preparing, writing, and delivering annual performance reviews. For those of you who are new to Manager Tools, the Manager Tools faithful will have heard this a number of times already. It's probably not a good idea to start with this podcast if you haven't heard the others on performance reviews. Each of the shows is available either on the RSS feed or on the website, so I'd highly recommend that you listen to those first. With that, here we go. What do you bring to the review? Um, two copies of the review form, one for you, one for them. This is the one with the salary information on it, by the way. And the reason for that is they may get up and walk around with it. And if they start asking you questions from the review while they're walking around with it, if you don't have a copy for you, it's going to be awkward. Okay? Two copies of their self-appraisal, one for you and one for them. They'll forget it, trust me. Okay? You can compare what they had to what you had. Your supporting materials, which would be a job description, in case you want to go back to it, have it there just in case. Uh, their objectives for the year, any files that you want to have from their work during the year, any work materials from their year, any reports or projects, things like that. Your notes and observations organized. This is you looking through all that stuff, of course, and coming up with further examples beyond what you could have put on the review regarding the areas that you were asked to evaluate them in. All of your weekly one-on-one forms, those are full of information. Uh, any quarterly reviews that you've done so that they can see that there's no surprises. Tissue, it, it may be emotional, and that's okay. So have tissue. It's a respectful thing to do. Um, if you want it, keep it underneath the table. Put it in a chair next to you underneath the conference room table. That's fine. Put it in a drawer on your desk. That's fine. I don't care. Have it available. Um, don't make a big deal. No, so you're saying you don't like when people walk in, you don't want to... As they sit down across from you, you don't just want to take that box off the chair and just put it right slide it right across and say, "Here you table. go, get started now." No, that's probably not a good idea. In fact, <laughs> if somebody starts crying, I had somebody once. What do you do if you start crying? You first, the first thing you say is, "I'm so sorry." Here's some tissue, and you sit quietly. You don't have to say anything; just sit quietly. And if they say, "You know what? I need a minute," say, "It's okay. Take a minute." I would, I would encourage you, if you can, to encourage them to take a minute there with you rather than leaving the room, because then who knows when they'll come back. Um, and then you're going to end up probably blowing through your timeline, which you do not want to do. Um, but just address it and say, you know what, it happens. It's happened to me before. I've gotten emotional in getting a review from my boss in the past, and I totally understand. Take some time. That may be because of good or bad review. It doesn't matter. Um, water. If they get choked up, they're probably going to want water to drink after the fact. Having a nice pitcher of water with a nice glass is very helpful. And then a watch or a clock. I like a clock that you can put on the table that you both can see. The Ray T will naturally self-regulate if they look at the same clock that you do. 
If they don't know that you can see the clock they're looking at, they may not think that you know what time it is, and so they'll take as much time as they possibly can get. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it not be one of those uh, chess clocks. Yeah. That would send yeah, a message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good. And again, there's nothing wrong with cutting the meeting off after an hour. You're not going to be terribly effective in the next hour of your meeting. End it at an hour and reschedule for more time. Okay, so that's what to bring. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, how do you structure your delivery? Um, in your preparation of the review you've done, um, you'll have noted where your evaluation of the ratee differed from their own self-evaluation. Rather than going through your eval form from top to bottom, go through the areas that you agree with them first. When you've done this, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you, do you have a cold or is, uh, is that a result of uh, only getting uh, two hours oh, of sleep last night preparing for, for this podcast? Thanks for rubbing that in. Like, I spent some time with my family and <laughs> stayed up late. I think, it's people, I think it's important people understand that uh, the effort you're, you, you know, Put well, into it. I, um, this is good. That's good stuff. I'm glad people are benefiting from it. Um, that means a lot. You know, no sense in, you know, if you're going to do something, might as well do it well. Um, yeah. And, and we, we couldn't do it if we didn't do the preparation. We're not, we're not just throwing this off the top of our heads, obviously. I, we've been studying this stuff for years. <laughs> um, I've made plenty of mistakes getting to this point right here. Thank you very much. Um, so in, in your preparation, you'll have noted where the where the ratee and you differed. You go through the areas where you agree first. By doing that, you get more comfortable in your delivery. You've gotten more comfortable with them in the room, with you doing all this. And so it'll be easier to address areas of potential conflict after you've gone through all the areas you agree. And there'll be plenty of areas you agree, I'm sure, unless you're just wildly divergent, in which case it's probably because you haven't been giving feedback and coaching and one-on-ones throughout the year. Okay, during individual sections of the review, um, when you're talking about areas of performance or behaviors or competencies, whatever it is your company calls them, the way to deliver the message in that area is to think about it as nothing more than feedback. Um, we just modify our delivery a bit. Um, we're going to have the three components, behavior, results, and confirmation, and it's going to sound something like this. Bob, I rated you as exceeded expectations in customer service. Based on behaviors such as your handling of Chris Jackson situation in March, the leadership you showed the team on the improvement project, and your high quality scores on the unannounced forms review. Do you agree with that? I'm going to get agreement on each section if I possibly can. Okay, I'm, as I move through the areas of agreement. Or I might say, Bob, I've scored you as sometimes met expectations in call processing. I base that on behaviors like you're only meeting our volume quota 65% of the year. You never met the quota in any one given month. And during one three-month period, you didn't make it during a single week. And a key point here, I'm how, sorry, go ahead. How important is the the agreement on the feedback you're giving them? And what do you do if you don't get okay, agreement? Good, 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 two good questions there. First of all, the agreement is, is important, but it's not critical. In other words, you may not get agreement from them. Um, and that is in part because you don't need it, okay? 
Um, and because you're only halfway there, and that goes to your second half of the question, is what happens if you don't get agreement? Remember now, what you have on the review is not everything you have in terms of data on this particular employee if you've done your homework, if you've prepared and written a good review. You've got more stuff in terms of one-on-ones and your notes, which you've categorized, hopefully, according to the review, with more data in reserve. So you go through two or three comments that maybe you've written one or two down. Let's say you've got one or two examples for their rating on the review form and then you mention one other and you ask if they agree and they say no and you say well okay let's talk about that why don't you agree and you always want to ask them if, if they express disagreement you don't want to beat them over the head with more data just yet you want to say well, why don't you agree and probably what they're going to say is well you're forgetting about john smith or you're forgetting about this or you're forgetting about that and and the correct response is thank you um, I did include those things, and let me add a few more things, though, that went into my thinking. And then you give them three or four more comments that support, either positively or negatively, whatever rating it is that you particularly gave them. Um, you don't have to ask for agreement the second time. Okay? And what you're hoping to do is get agreement so you can move on. If, in fact, it's an issue, <clears throat> and usually this won't happen until later in the session, of course, if, in fact, it's an issue, all you want to do is point out, okay, they have an issue, and you're essentially telling them, and I've got more data here, and my data is going to win. Um, so I don't ask a second time whether or not they agree. I, I might say something like, I hope you can see it from my point of view, based on this data, why I drew the conclusion I had. Let's move on to the next topic. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd suggest that those managers go into the review with the kind of information you're describing um, immediately get uh, membership in the 99th percentile manager club. <laughs> Good one. Um, yeah, you, you simply can't have only the behaviors on the form as evidence. You've got to have more evidence as backup. You've got to have it written down elsewhere. Um, this is really, again, it's, this is the way to cut off potential problems and disagreements. Um, uh, you know, so you say to them, let me give you some more data that caused me to come to the conclusion I did. I'm referring to you achieving only 50% of quota in 18 weeks over the year. That's below standard for even new representative. Having this backup data, Mike, is so powerful. And again, it just significantly reduces the chances for that contentious meeting that everybody's trying to avoid. The fact is, yeah. your, your core message and all the work you've done in advance is going to make the, this meeting go so much smoother than you can possibly imagine. The chances of it being contentious on any one of these issues is not going to be that big a deal. It's not going to be that likely. You know, I don't know how many views you've been in where your manager was this prepared. None. I've been in none. Zero. Frankly. Yeah. Um, but you can, can you imagine the, the reaction on the subordinate's face when you walk in and have this kind of data and conduct the review this professionally? The, oh you know what's God. funny? This is management. You know what? People have been living in a dream world thinking that what they're doing day-to-day -day is management. It's not. It's being a boss. This, what we're talking about here, this is management. Yes. Powerful. Yep. I, I, lo I, I love the distinction between being a manager yeah. and being a boss. That's Peter Drucker said management is a profession. Well, if it's a profession, then you're a professional. And professionals in meetings like this, which is a critically important meeting, got to be one of the top ten most important meetings you have all year, if not top five or even top three, a professional knows how to address, knows how to handle, has a plan for, and delivers his top most important meetings every single year. No question. Yeah. Okay. So that's structuring the delivery. Now, how do you actually start... 
um, the meeting itself. Uh, we've already alluded to this above, and it has three parts. The agenda, the ground rules, and the core message. And the agenda, it's real simple. You run down what you're going to go through, the core message, the, the, the form agreements, the form disagreements, compensation, and next year's performance planning. For ground rules, I recommend some simple basics, and I do recommend you go ahead and state them up front. Um, it's not rocket science what we've got here. Um, they are simple. Start and end on time. Future meetings are fine if we don't finish, and we'll schedule them when we're done uh, if we don't finish. We're going to stick to the agenda we just covered. I just walked through. No comparisons to other employees. Everybody else sees it differently. Everybody sees everybody else differently. It doesn't work. We're not going to do that. Stay professional. That means polite conversation, no personal attacks, no raised voices. Either of us can end this meeting at any time or take a break if necessary. Active listening on both our parts. Questions are encouraged. Um, I reserve the right to move on if we seem to be stuck. We can always come back to an item if we have time or at a later meeting. No cell phones or pagers. No calls taken or made, period. If an employee sat across from me and checked their pager while they were in a meeting with me about their annual review, I'd be very disappointed. I understand about families, but there are plenty of times where an hour, uh, this is one of those times where an hour is well worth it. And then the third thing is, of course, the core message, and we already went through that. Rating, results, ramifications. Right there in the very beginning. Bang. Okay, the last thing we're going to talk about is how to behave, Mike. And, and again, we're really getting into the, the subtleties of each manager, the company, the form, and everything else. But we do have some general recommendations. Uh, simple. Smiling and using first names. Very, very powerful. Okay? Um, I would add to that that if you go into this believing it's going to be okay and that no matter what happens, even if the employee threatens your life, you smile and you say, I'm sorry you feel that way or I'm sure we're going to get through this. If you stay cool, calm, and collected no matter what, and don't kid yourself, managers, you're responsible for how you feel. The employee doesn't make you feel anything. Um, I'm sure I've used my umbrella story. They're poking with an umbrella. But you're getting mad. If you get mad, you get mad all by yourself. You own your emotions. You're responsible for your emotions. Um, I don't. Ki- Go ahead. I don't think you've shared the oh, my gosh. story. To be honest, you've alluded well, to it. Let, several let's times, share it but now. I don't know that you've ever um, said that. Told the story. You know, Maybe I, I'm um, wrong. Got on an elevator once. <clears throat> Actually, it was out at Pebble Beach. Believe it or not, got on an elevator and was going up. And a guy got on after me, and I was actually with a friend of mine. And we were going up in the elevator, and um, this guy got on after us, and my buddy and I were standing in the back of the elevator, and he, this guy got on after us and stood in front of us and pushed a button to go up a floor or two. And he turned around, and now his back is to me. And it had been raining outside, and so he had an umbrella underneath his arm. He had a long trench coat on and a hat and so on. And in, in the course of the elevator going up a couple of floors, he started looking in his pockets for his keys. Well, in doing so, his umbrella started poking me in the chest. Pow, pow, pow. Well, I'm at the back of the elevator, and I I got nowhere to go. He doesn't know. It's totally inadvertent. He does not know he's doing this. And and I look at my buddy kind of raising my eyebrows like, can you believe this guy? And he's like, hey, I'm kind of glad it's not me. Sorry, buddy. And um, I'm getting ready to tap this guy on the shoulder and say, hey, man, I don't know if you know this, but you're knocking the crud out of me with your umbrella. And the door opens, and he gets off. And I turned to my buddy, and I said, man, that guy made me mad. 
And my buddy said something I'll never forget. He said, no, he didn't. He poked you with an umbrella. You got mad all by yourself. And the point of that is, if the employee screams at you, and I remember there's a movie called Roadhouse that stars, <clears throat> excuse me, Patrick Swayze. And in it, there's a part where he's coaching the, the bouncers. He's the cooler in a bar, and he's coaching the bouncers. And uh, one of them says, you know, he says, you know, be nice, no matter what, be nice. Um, and one of them says, what if they call my mother a name? And he looks right back at the guy and says, well, is she? You know, just because a guy calls your mother a name doesn't mean you get to get mad, even even if you're from New York. Um, you know, you you don't you're responsible for your emotions. If they get in your face, you stay calm, stay cool, stay collected. If they, it, it, you know, the chances of them taking a swing at you are virtually nil. Um, but if they do that, then you're going to fire them, so it doesn't matter. Um, uh, the chances of that are just trivially unimportant to deal with. Um, but basically. You can go in and say, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be calm. It's not going to bother me. If they get upset, I'm going to be attentive. I'm going to be kind. And I'm not going to let it rattle me, no matter what. Um, if you need to take a second, that's fine to put your thoughts together. Um, but okay. So first names, smile, stay cool, calm, and collected. Um, never, ever interrupt the Ray T. In fact, let me take it a step further. If they interrupt you, stop talking immediately. Don't continue talking. Don't make it a war of wills between you and them. If they interrupt you, stop, put your hands down on the table, and listen. And the way you listen is you make great eye contact, and you use active facial expressions in terms of active listening. And yes, there are ways to say, mm-hmm, and aha, uh-huh, and yes, I agree, or I can understand why you feel that way. In fact, one of my favorite phrases is, I can understand why you feel that way. Privately, I, I don't agree with you, but I certainly can understand why you feel that way. <laughs> you know, if an employee says to you, boy, I'm mad, I really feel that you're not giving me a fair rating here. It's completely normal for me to say, I can understand why you feel that way. Gosh, I, you know, I'd feel that way too. So, so those are some simple things you can do. I want to give two concepts to put in the back of your mind that will help you diffuse tension if, in fact, it goes there, which, of course, with this process, the chance of you having tension <clears throat> is greatly reduced. The first one I call the medicine ball technique. When someone gets angry at you and they attack you, it's a bit like they're throwing a medicine ball at you. Well, if you know what a medicine ball is, it's a leather thing. It's, you know, bigger than a basketball. It's about the size of a beach ball, and it's filled with sand or something. I don't know, and they weigh like 20 pounds. They're heavy. Uh, if you get thrown one, when you catch it, you're going to get knocked back. What I mean by this is that when you, when you get thrown a medicine ball, you don't catch it by sticking a hand out in front of you the way you would with a baseball glove on to catch a ball, and you do it stiff-arming it. When you catch the medicine ball, you put your hands out in front of you like you're cradling a baby, and you catch it, and you gather it to your chest, and you actually take a step backwards. When someone attacks you, accept their attack. Confident people are willing to be attacked because they're secure in who they are, what they're doing, and why they're doing it. You don't have to be defensive. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to, when they yell at you, you don't have to yell back at them. Don't do it. Yelling is not, yelling is just wrong. Nothing could be effective that makes you look so stupid. People look stupid when they yell. If you've ever seen a movie where there's no sound and people are yelling at each other, it's hilarious. Their veins on their neck are popping out and their mouth is open so big they could swallow a grapefruit. It looks dumb. Don't yell. The other person yelling is digging their own grave. And let them do it. 
Okay, you can give them feedback about it if you want at some some point during the meeting. Hey, can I give you some feedback? When you yell at me during a review, it makes me less willing to spend more time helping you see what you need to do differently next year. It makes me think that you're not going to be willing to put the extra effort in next year. It makes me think that we really are not going to finish today. What can you differently? What can you do differently going forward from this point? That's powerful feedback in the course of a review. And you can absolutely do it at any time. You can also give them positive feedback if they if they respond positively and say, boy, I see why you're saying that. You can say, hey, can I give you some feedback? When I give you a point where you can improve and you tell me that you agree with me and you can see how I drew the conclusion I did, it really makes me think you're a professional. It really makes me appreciate that you've got the right attitude about this. It makes me really want to work hard with you to improve that to get you where you want to be in your career with this company or wherever it is you want to go, period. Thank you. Keep it up. That's simple. That's powerful. So think about catching a medicine ball. It's okay to step back. I understand. Sure, I can understand why you feel that way. Gosh, I'm I'm sorry you feel that way. It's okay to say all those things. You don't have to attack back. You don't have to win the war of words at all. It's not a battle. It's not a debate. You're in charge. You're the manager. You're going to win every time. If you know you're going to win, you can smile even when you're being attacked, if it's late in the game, because you're still going to win. Last thing I want to teach is a is a sales technique. It's called feel, felt, found. I often use it in conjunction with the, the, the medicine ball concept that I just shared. And it goes like this. The employee says something like, I, I can't believe you do that. I mean, I'm really a good employee here. I don't I don't think you're seeing me fairly or they're attacking you in some fashion. He used the feel, felt, found technique and it sounds like this. Gosh, it, uh, I, I, I see how you feel. You're, you're telling me that you feel this particular way. You know what? I felt that way too. Um, when I got a review like this, I was kind of angry that my boss was giving me the short end of the stick, and I really didn't feel like I'd been treated fairly. Here's what I found. It doesn't do any good. It didn't do me any good then. I don't think it's doing you any good now to attack me. Uh, I found that it's better to keep our voices level and even keeled and talk about our differences. It's okay to have differences. You know, the definition of conflict is two human beings in the same county. We're going to disagree about some stuff. It's okay. I don't hold you any less for the fact that we disagree. But I understand how you feel, and I felt that way. And what I found is keeping our voices even keeled, uh, being calm and professional about it, will tend to lead us toward a resolution rather than raising our voices and being upset at one another. Yeah, I, I I can't help but go through some martial oh gosh yeah and that last night at uh at at my taekwondo school um I think I've we've probably talked about it before but I I'm a partner in a taekwondo school we were you know testing um, one of my friends for his second degree and the analogy though is that as you advance in the martial arts a person attacking you becomes can almost his, be his your best enemy. friend so so. You, you you accept the attack to put yourself in a position to attack yourself, and in this case, it's it's similar. I, and I, it, I hesitate a little bit with analogy because I don't. This is right. not a contest in the review, but the sense is you're accepting the medicine ball. You're you're accepting their statement to put yourself yourself in a position where you can then give them constructive yes. criticism or, or constructive feedback Beautiful. on how to move forward yes. in a positive manner. Yeah, if you don't, if you yell back, they're not going to be of a mindset to listen to you, give them managerial guidance. But if you behave like a professional, if you behave calmly and rationally and even in an even keel, 
they will tend to come back down to your level and then be more likely to hear the other suggestions and recommendations you have. Remember, the whole purpose of the core message is to get them thinking about next year, to think about performance. And if all you're doing is fighting over last year because you're raising your voice too, you're not going to have a good meeting talking about what the plan is for next year. You're just not doing your job. In fact, Mike, it's interesting you mentioned that because yeah. I was just looking at a book on my bookshelf called The Magic of Conflict. Uh, it's it's about a martial arts um, instructor that talks about the fact that it's okay to be in conflict with other people, and you can actually that there's energy in that conflict that can be rerouted in a positive way. It's a great book. Yeah, and, and to be, to make my analogy even clearer, I wish I had said this um, earlier. Is when I say accepting the attacks, probably I have a visual in my mind that most people obviously do not. But when I say accepting the attack, is um, a junior you know, level person, a junior black belt, for example, will still be at the point in their development where um, they're blocking attacks. Um, as opposed, when I say accepting, um, there's certain, there's techniques for taking the strike, redirecting it, and instead of being farther away from the opponent, you're closer to the opponent. So you're actually accepting. I, when I say accepting, I mean moving closer <laughs> to the individual. And so by I think by accepting this um, people's somewhat negative or hostile feedback and accepting it, you actually end up moving closer to him or her and then putting yourself in a position that you can influence them in a more positive way. Yeah, I, yeah. fundamentally, that's the exact same principle that I've got in my head when I'm talking about feel felt found in the medicine ball. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You're, build, you're, you're attempting to build a relationship even when they're attempting to tear it down. There's no excuse for a manager ever tearing down a relationship, and so you must be willing to do the hard work even when the employee is emotionally not comfortable doing that. Yeah, yeah that's powerful. Again, 99th percentile there you go. manager club. <laughs> and that's it. That's the that's the seven steps. We started with the, uh, the email, um, pre-meeting email, developing the core message. That's the key, the key lesson, the 90... That's the 900-pound gorilla in this podcast or two. Um, logistical preparation the day before. You know, got to give them the review the day before. What to bring. We gave a list. How to structure your delivery. Talking a little bit about using the feedback model to think about how you talk about each portion of the review. How to start in terms of kicking off the agenda and how to behave during the meeting. Obviously, it goes without saying that to wrap up, you probably want to repeat your core message. Thank them for coming, and of course, if you need to, schedule another meeting. And that's it. Well, great. We got a couple. Um, you know, we're early on in the process, so hopefully, we've covered preparing and delivering reviews early enough for people to actually apply that. I hope so. This year, we also have time, I think, for folks to um, give us some feedback and ask questions and allow us an opportunity to come back and clarify things that we weren't, right. you know, clear on. So. You know, I'd encourage folks to send us some feedback on email or at the website, and uh, we'll come back and cover areas that maybe we weren't Perfect. clear enough on. Thank you. All righty. Thanks, you, my friend. Bye. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you found today's podcast useful. As we noted earlier, we have a couple of weeks available to cover specific questions about preparing and giving performance reviews that we may not have covered in today's show. So please take the opportunity to send us an email with your questions. You can reach us at show at manager-tools.com. Also, please note that our members-only podcast will be delayed by just a bit. Mark came to Virginia this week to work with me on the January show, but before we got to the registered members show, he decided that he'd rather hang out in my basement with pneumonia than work on a podcast. 
Now he's he's recovering quite nicely, but he's not quite yet ready to record again. So with that, thanks again, and we'll see you all again next week.